Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another Housing Matters Podcast. It's your favorite data nerds back with everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy. My name is Jordan Levine. I'm the Chief Economist here at the California Association of Realtors, and I'm joined by the brains of our operation, Oscar Way, our Deputy Chief Economist. Hey, Oscar. Hey, Jordan. How are you? Doing good. This is I, I messed up last time because I think I said we were already on episode 100, but this is episode 97 <laughs> of the Housing Matters podcast. So we've been going for a good couple of years now, and there's a lot changing and a lot of stuff happening in the environment. So I thought it made sense for us to get together and talk about the market data, right? Because we just put out mm-hmm. the May press release last week, and then we could talk a little bit about some of the forward-looking stuff, mostly on the macro front, because we have the Fed that we probably need to recap. They've met since our last podcast and uh, obviously raised interest rates. And then we have a whole slew of kind of 30,000 foot macro data that gives us a little bit of insight into what we can expect coming down the pike. So uh, I think it makes sense probably start off with the with the market data, right? Absolutely. And you, you're right, you know, time flies and we're actually approaching 100, even though we're not at the triple digit yet, but uh, currently at 97 and there's a lot of things to cover. Um, so let's start, yeah, with the market because we just released some numbers uh, a couple of days ago, a few days ago. And um, the, the main number, let's talk about the main number. Um, the housing market, you know, by now, uh, probably many, many realtors already noticed that there has been some slowdown. Uh, in the uh, last couple months uh, because of, you know, rates uh, at a very high level. Uh, but it's showing uh, on our May sales report, uh, it's showing that sales, closed sales, definitely has come down a little bit uh, from uh, the previous month in April was uh, even, it was uh, at 420 for existing home sales. But uh, in May, it actually dropped by about close to 10% to uh, 378, 370 yeah, 378. And that's about 15% down from a year ago. Yeah, which is significant. So it's a slowdown, not just from um, last month, but also significantly down from last year. Now, keep in mind, last year was, you know, almost a a 12 year high, I think, for, Mm for transactions. And so part of that was to be expected. But the actual level at 378, that's the the first time that we've dipped below the 400,000 mark for for a while, right? Well, yeah, I mean, if you exclude, of course, we did uh, had a, uh, a, a dip in, during the shutdown because mm-hmm. there were a lot of uncertainties. But if you kind of exclude that period of time from, say, you know, uh, March 2020 to June 2020, then, you know, we have to go back to maybe about 10 years ago, you know, to go back to see that 380 or so. Um, because, you know, we have been so used to uh, the 400,000 number, and we were surprised when we hit that 500, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, about a year, year and a half ago, but we're still, we're also surprised. Um, well, at least, you know, a few months ago, you know, we were still expecting 400-ish or so, but uh, the the things changed, you know, pretty fast because of, you know, just the search and interest rates. And this is actually the biggest drop in the last five months. And on a month-to-month basis, the 10% drop actually is, uh, you know, the highest in the last couple of years also. Right. And and we can kind of expect that that the kind of 
months looking ahead are, are probably going to be fairly uh, consistent with what we saw last month or even maybe a little bit lower, right? Because the pending numbers are also down, suggesting that there was, you know, fewer homes going into escrow that will eventually close in June and July, et cetera. Yeah, and for people who have been paying attention to our market minutes, who have been paying attention to you know our podcast, you probably already know because we have talked about this before. That yeah, in the second half of the year, we expect you know a, a slower momentum. We expect you know, the momentum to ease a little bit because of you know rates rising so fast. We're seeing pending sales dropping you know thirty percent open escrow sales dropping 30%, even though I don't expect that to actually close sales to actually drop to uh, even close to that level, uh, we do expect, you know, double digit decline in sales. And it's not just at the state level, we're seeing things, you know, across, you know, the state in many different counties. Yeah, it's consistent. And that's the the thing. I think we report on 51 counties and 48 of them uh, were were down last month with almost all of them being down by at least 20, 20%. I think there's only three or so that weren't down by uh, at least 20%. Those are not seasonally adjusted. So some of that's, you know, there was fewer uh, weekdays compared to last May, but, but it is significant. And I, you know, in some ways it's not a surprise, right? We've been talking about this for a while that we expected the market to soften. It's it's interesting because as rates initially started to rise from three to three and a half, four percent, it actually kind of bolstered the market over the very short run, right? It created this sense of urgency. We knew inflation was going to stick around. The Fed was probably mm-hmm. going to be more aggressive and it created even more kind of competitiveness over the short run and, and actually helped to bolster sales, I think, for those first couple of months in March and April as, as interest rates really took off. But now, you know, in May, it's the first time we're finally starting to see the effects of higher rates in the closed sales. So. Yeah. And and we did, I mean, other than in addition to, you know, the open escrow sales, we keep track of, you know, mortgage applications as well. Right. So we do have, you know, sort of like uh, have a have a, a foresight on, okay, well, when, when we're going to see slower sales. And we can actually tell based on some of the mortgage application numbers that, yeah, it's going to be uh, linger on for a little bit longer, uh, maybe in July or so, you know, because the mortgage applications actually suggest that we are seeing the purchase applications down uh, by double digit uh, just recently as well. So uh, safe to say, we probably will see some slower sales in at least the next couple of months, probably go on for the second half of the year, as I mentioned earlier. Right. So what about the the kind of flip side of the coin? Because that's the buyer demand piece, but then there's also the kind of um, supply piece. And that also suggests that the market may not be as red hot as as we've gotten used to over the last two years as well. And I think that was certainly um, borne out in, in the May release. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the supply side inventory, so we look at active listings, we also looked at until inventory index, usually in terms of months. Now, um, you know, last year, it was 1.8 months, it was very, very tight. This year, it started seeing some improvement, inventory actually improved to 2.1 months. Of course, if you have to put things into context, if you look at that 2.1 months compared to five years ago, or six years ago, that's still considered very, very low. Um but we are seeing some improvement in active listings. Some of it has to do with, of course, additional new listings. We are right. seeing, you know, some people put their house up on the market, maybe because they realize, okay, well, it seems like, you know, the momentum of the market is slowing down. People want to just, and it's still part, it's still, you know, the home buying season. People yeah. want to put their house up on the market. Let's try it out and see, you know, if we can actually uh, take advantage of this, 
you know, maybe, um, you know, the, 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 the peak of the housing market or peak of the season and see if they can actually sell at the, you know, the, the peak price. But at the same time, we also are seeing those slowdown in demand might have actually put, you know, a uh, keep the uh, properties on the market for a little longer. Yeah. And that's why active listings uh, are actually up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's both, right? It's it's kind of we have the, the new listings going up by almost ten percent, which means that people are putting their homes right. on the MLS in in greater numbers. It's like you said, that's the most new listings we've added, you know, in in twenty two months or so. But then there's also this kind of inventory effect where we're carrying more listings forward into the, the previous month because sales are are cooling down and so you know when you have both a kind of slower volume of mortgage applications of pending mm-hmm. sales of people trying to buy and then they also have more options to choose from it suggests that price growth will not be as robust as we've seen up to up to this point although prices is kind of one area where we've really yet to see the the effects of those higher rates, right? Some of it's mix of sales, but we did hit that $900,000 median price line. Very true. Now, like what I said earlier, you know, two months or 2.1 months of inventory, that's still tight. And that's still putting upward pressure on prices. Yeah. And, you know, as, uh, as you can see from our, um, you know, May sales date report, Price prices or statewide price continue to hit a high mark. It actually hit another record high, and we're approaching nine hundred thousand. the The statewide median price is somewhere around eight hundred ninety eight thousand or so. So it's still very very high. We're still, even though compared to last year, it was not uh, more than ten percent, but it's close to ten percent. We're still very very uh, close to um, you know the uh, double digit increase. Um, we are seeing a little bit of a slowdown on a month-to-month basis, though. The yeah. 1.6% month-to-month increase is actually on par or a little bit higher than the long-run average. So it seems like we're plateauing a little bit. Yep. You know, of course, those high rates and you know prices at a very high level probably lead to cost of borrowing a little higher for buyers. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're still at that high level right now. Yeah. Totally. And then, and then there's the mix of sales issue, right? right? Because these are our median prices, which in and of itself, I think is incredible because it means that 50% of everything that closed last month closed for more than 900,000, which is just, you know, uh, kind of mind boggling. But the other, the other aspect is if you dice up the market by segment, the top end, even as the top end is slowing, it's still outperforming all the other mm-hmm. things, right? And so um, that does tend to skew the median up towards that higher end uh, of, of the market. But I do think it's suggestive that even those transactions are starting to slow down after having grown by high double digits, like 50, 60, 70%. Now we're talking about um, still double digit growth, but, but significantly cooler um, than, than that. And I think that those are homes that are interest rate sensitive and we can probably expect that the top end um, won't be doing quite as well as it has been over the last couple of years either. Yeah, and partly because of what happened, you know, with the financial market, with the stock market volatility in the last few weeks also. Um, You know, obviously, you know, in the Bay Area or in some other areas um, and high end homeowners, they tend to have or high end uh, home buyers, they tend to be more likely to invest in the stock market. And so when the stock market returns actually has uh, come down, then that affects, you know, the desire a little bit. 
Um, and so, yeah, we could we we can expect, you know, as far as uh, the high end homes are concerned, most likely it will actually ease a little bit as far as the momentum is concerned in the upcoming uh, months as well. Um, and that means, you know, the mix of sales change probably will be, uh, you know, instead of skewing more towards the high end, it probably will start coming down um, right. to a slightly more normal level. Yeah, because we've had over half the market, I think, or or a big, you know, over a third at least in million third, right. for for many months, and and that has uh, played played a role. What's interesting is even the very highest cost markets in California continue to grow, right? Like we still had, uh, you know, record highs, not just at the the nine hundred thousand statewide number, but across many parts of the state as well. And so even as the kind of market shift is fairly broad based, we're also still seeing pretty broad based price increases. Yeah, that's very, very true. And, and you know, we will we'll talk a little bit more about interest rate in a minute, but uh, it might have something to do with the fact that, you know, even though, you know, we have high interest rate, people might actually be shifting to, you know, some of the other alternative housing finance um, instruments, which sure. we'll talk a little bit uh, in, in a minute. Now, sure, yeah. let's go there now, because, you know, sure. last week or a week and a half ago or whenever it was, I guess days feel like weeks now. So I don't know. <laughs> We are, but we saw a 75 basis point increase on the back of uh, a really strong, you know, inflation number for last month. And that's the biggest increase that they've done in almost 20, almost 30 years, right? Yeah. I mean, the last the last time we saw a 75 basis point was what, in 1994, if I remember correctly. Um, no, that's it, not in my memory. I actually looked that up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 75 basis point is huge. I mean, we were talking about since the beginning of the year, I think they first raised it by 25 and then 50 and then 75 basis point. And then we might be looking at another 50 to 75 basis point, at least in the upcoming months. So we have been actually increasing at a pretty fast rate uh, in the last couple months or so. And there are reasons to it. And we will talk more about that reasons on inflation in a minute. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that 75 basis point, it does have a significant impact on, you know, the market sentiment as well as, you know, um, the um, well, hopefully it will have some impact on inflation, but it definitely has some impact on costs of borrowing and yeah. kind of slowing down the market a little bit. For sure. And, and you know, A, it, it really pains me to say that 1994 was almost 30 years ago. Um, but but B, you know, the you, you hit the nail on the head because it's more about the, the sentiment, I think, impact, right? We were expecting the Fed to raise rates to on the federal fund rate even higher than what it is right now, but but for me, it's the dot plot that that it was you know the most significant change because you know the dot plot is what uh, each you know individual Federal Reserve voting member um, is a dot on this dot plot, mm -hmm, and they mm -hmm. record where they all think interest rates should be at the end of this year, by the end of next year, and by the end uh, of 2024, and those have been revised upward substantially, right? Because they were originally looking at a at a, a kind of Fed funds rate by the end of this year that was in the two to two and a half percent range. And now if you look at what they said in June, which is just, you know, three months later, um, you know, the median is somewhere in the three to three and a half percent range, meaning that we're probably looking at, you know, even more aggressive raises coming down the pike. And and, you know, the fact that the Fed funds rate will be, you know, almost 150 basis points higher than what they were thinking even three months ago means that we probably still have a little bit of headroom on 10-year bonds and 30-year and mortgages that, that hasn't fully been priced in yet. 
Yeah, I mean, we're looking at you know the you know the 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 officials, the federal officials who made the um, the um, expectation and the la latest meeting. All 18 of them actually expect either the end of the year uh, Fed funds rate to be above three percent. Right. There is one that that thinks it should be below three percent by the end of the year, which is significant. Right. And and if you look at, you know, where we're at right now, I think we're right at around 1.5 to 1.75 range. The high end is 1.75. So you can kind of get an idea of how many times or how many points they will have to raise between now and the end of the year. We're looking at at least at 1.25 percent. Yeah, um, we could probably see three more 50 basis point increases, honestly. Right. And if we actually had a if we actually are going to see a 75 basis point in July, that means just another 75 basis point ish or so between July and and uh, the end of the year, which is based on the rate, the pace that they're going, that's easily achievable. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and so, again, if you just do the simple math on what that means for mortgage rates, right, you take a, a you know, Fed funds rate of three and a half ish percent, and you add on 100 basis points for a yield curve in a normal environment and a 200 you know, basis point spread, you know, it's, it's easy to get up into the six and a half, seven percent range um, for, for mortgage rates. And so that, that will significantly impact purchasing power. And, and that's one of the reasons why we expect, you know, just uh, uh, the market to not be able to hang on to those 420,000 unit pace that we had earlier this year. Um, and, and that will probably filter through to, to prices as well, although the price mm -hmm. of it probably won't show up until next year, but, but we'll probably have to downgrade our projection for 22. Right. And, and of course, you know, with the higher rates, not just the Federal Reserve economists, but, you know, we also have been, you know, having some reserve about what the economic outlook is going to be like, you know, in the upcoming year. Now, based on what the Federal Reserve, uh, some of those economists expect, you know, their their expectation actually have been downgraded from, I think, the uh, in March, they expect the uh, um, economic outlook to be like about 2.8% GDP gain. They actually lowered it to about, you know, 1.7. But if you look at the Atlanta Fed, you know, that number actually has gone down to even a much lower level. Um, I think, you know, safe to say, and we will show, you know, in uh, our updated uh, forecast that, you know, the macroeconomic uh, has changed also. And we'll have those numbers um, come in um, soon. Um, yeah, no, definitely. We're 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 for sure going to keep a close eye on the macro because I think the macro side of of the ledger is is the biggest risk. But I also think you know it's in some ways it's it's interesting and and encouraging and scary at the same time. But you do see buyers having to get a lot more creative, kind of navigating. Right. Right. And that's concern. You know, that's sometimes it's concerning. We know that. Okay, so when when you said uh, uh, getting creative, um, we know from the past experience, fifteen years ago, that people uh, do sometimes use uh, some other alternatives, such as uh, adjustable adjustable rate mortgage or yeah. second mortgage. Or some people who have difficulty in getting um, uh, enough down payment uh, could be actually getting money from their parents or from, you know, a down payment assistance program. But, you know, what we we notice from some of the surveys suggests that people, there are more people using adjustable mortgage compared to, say, about three to six months ago. 
Yes, totally. And that's, you know, how you're, you're kind of avoiding all the, the points or buying down of rates and stuff like that is going for more exotic uh, mortgage products. These aren't as exotic as the kind of old flavor of option arms we had back in 2004 to 2006. But I do think it's indicative of the, you know, the increased challenge that buyers are going to have to make deals pencil with rates as, as high as they are. And of course, we know from our survey research as well that the appetite for home ownership is certainly still alive and well. You've still got a lot of people working remote that enable them to buy homes in some of these more affordable uh, markets. But now, so, you know, it's kind of um, the increase in rates is offsetting some of the benefit of moving farther away, right? And, and mm-hmm. still having to find ways to to make that that pencil. And so I think that we'll only see that increase, like one out of five realtors in our latest monthly survey said that they um, had, you know, clients that were going for option arms or that they'd seen more um, adjustable rate mortgage loans last mm-hmm. month than they've seen, you know, it was basically a negligible percent of the course of the last couple of years when fixed rate loans were were so cheap. And so I think that, you know, it's just another layer of challenge that our, our members are going to really want to bone up on and make sure that they're on their game because there are a lot of new, um, you know, types of mortgage products that are going to be out there in in the marketplace that folks are going to need help with. And and one of the reasons why I think it's going to be an ongoing challenge is because, you know, again, the rates are probably going to continue to go up. And and that's been kind of underscored by the latest inflation number, which is, um, you know, went back up, not down. In April, the numbers went down a little bit and everybody celebrated and said we're past peak inflation. But lo and behold, in May, um, it re-accelerated back to like a 40-year high. Yeah. And we did, you know, we did mention it, I think in the last podcast that, hey, one data point doesn't make a trend. And we did mention that, yeah, it looks like things are actually getting better, but uh, we have to make an observation in the upcoming months to see if uh, things are actually getting better. And of course, it went back up to 8.6%. And I think a lot of people already could feel it, you know, because they can feel it from their gas pump, you know, from food prices, and, you know, even housing costs have gone up. And, you know, when you look at, you know, energy prices uh, going up on a month-to-month basis is only 4%. But when you look at how it compares to a year ago, it's what 35% higher than a year ago. That's significant. Right. 4% a month adds up over the course of, you know, 8, 9, 10 months. And I can tell you just as the owner of a diesel vehicle, right? Like we like to go <laughs> camping and I have my RV. Um, so I need something that can pull a lot of heavy weight, but it's like almost eight bucks a gallon for diesel. I got to use two different credit cards just to fully fill the vehicle up because you can't, you know, charge that much um, at, at the pump. But what was significant too, is it's not just the food and energy, which tend to be transitory and more impacted by supply chain stuff and war in Ukraine and all of that. But even core inflation um, rose by 6% on a year-to-year basis. And I think, you know, the other area that's really cropped up is the housing component, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. not just are prices still growing by almost 10% on a year-to-year basis, we've really seen rents start to take back off as well. And that's the reason why I think, you know, we know that demographic, you know, we have a demographic shift and people are moving into the age of, um, you know, establishing a household and they can either buy a house 
or they can actually rent. But both, you know, cost of live, cost of shelter have gone up. So that's why, you know, I think there is the demand, the demand of buying a home or having, you know, the demand of you know, purchasing a property uh, is still there. It's just a matter of, you know, uh, not having enough supply. And as of now, you know, that cost of sheltering is actually adding to inflation, right. um, unfortunately, uh, along with other things. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, with that increase in, 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 uh, in interest rates, uh, it seems like, you know, um, it's like a never ending cycle. You have high inflation and then, of course, you have high interest rates. Right. Exactly. And so that's going to obviously impact buyer demand for everything that people, you, you know, borrow money to buy cars, right? Appliances, uh, buying homes, obviously, and housing is, is factored in there. Um, you know, but, but then there's also the kind of impact to purchasing power too, right? Because on, on some level, um, the, you know, incomes are not keeping up with, with, with this kind of increase in costs. And so we continue to fall farther behind the eight ball, just in terms of being able to absorb these increased costs of gas and food and, and all of that stuff. And I think, I think you can, you know, um, draw a straight line from there to just the lack of consumer confidence that has emerged over the course of the last six months or so. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, you know, the current economy, you look at, you know, the, the unemployment rate, you know, just looking by by, the, by those numbers, it looks like, you know, things are actually okay. Retail sales are actually doing okay if you just look at a service. But, you know, when you ask consumers, you know, they are, you know, feeling pretty poorly because of the, particularly because of inflation. Consumer sentiment that was just released, what, last week hit the, a record low. Yeah. Um, and almost half of the consumers who took the survey said, you know, it's inflation. Right. Yeah. That's and actually, you know, uh, an increase from what, from 38% in May. So, I mean, you, you, you can, you have to feel it, you know, at the pump, as I said, at the food, when you buy food, everyone feels it. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, again, you, you just simply can't keep up when your income's not going up as fast as the prices of the stuff um, that, that you're buying. And I think that, you know, eventually, even as you mentioned, retail sales, at least nominally um, held up, there's a lot of reason to suggest that that could worsen. And I think business owners are, are seeing that as well, right? Because not only are the consumers out there pessimistic, but you also have the people who, you know, the CEO sentiment uh, dropped, not just dropped significantly, but it dropped from expansion mode above 50 um, to, to 42, which is, you know, a, a very big decline just in raw number terms, right? But it's also um, shows that they think things are are getting worse more than the amount of people who thought they were getting better. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, yes, it looks like consumers are spending, the retail sales numbers seems to be uh, improving. But when you take that into, take into account inflation, it actually shows that on a year over year basis is actually declined. And some of the CEOs are taking notes, and they're getting more pessimistic. You know, if you look at, you know, those numbers from 57 for 42 that Jordan mentioned, obviously, uh, typically, you know, below 50 is, is, is negative. But, you know, if we just look at the survey, some of the survey responses, you know, 61% of those CEOs uh, think the condi their conditions are actually getting worse. The general market, general economic conditions are getting worse. That's a significant increase from 35%, you know, in the first quarter. And then when you take a look at, you know, how many of them actually believe that their industries are actually getting worse, more than a third of them 
believe that things are actually getting worse. Now, right. you know, that's their sentiment, but their sentiments really have something to do with the action they're going to take right. and what they plan on doing in the upcoming quarters. In so it's kind of like a self-fulfilling. Yeah. Right, right. So they're cutting back on their investment. And then what's going to happen with the economy if they actually start cutting their business expenses? Of course, uh, we have already heard of, you know, even within our industries, there have been some some cut back, cut back and some layoff in yeah. some of the companies. Uh, but there are a lot of uh, companies cutting back also. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you ask them about what they think about the future, not just what's happening in their industry right now, you know, three out of five say that they expect the economy to be worse um, mm-hmm, looking, mm-hmm. looking ahead. And so I think that that is um, telling, right? Because it's it's kind of the effects of the higher interest rates in the same way that it, it didn't really affect the, the closed housing data up until just this May release. I think you're seeing a, a similar phenomenon in the broader economic data because unemployment is still low and California still added over 40,000 jobs in in May. Um, but I think, you know, looking forward, we could probably expect things to cool down. And I wanted to just drill into the retail report a little bit because, you know, not only is it consumer sentiment that dropped, but actually once you take the inflation out and adjust the retail sales for inflation, um, they actually fell in in real terms. And, and the reason why that's significant isn't just because it's indicative of consumers not being able to keep up um, with these price increases. But if you look at overall GDP growth since the end of the last um, or since the, you know, since the end of the recession last year or late 2020, almost all of the economic growth has been, you know, dedicated purely to consumer spending. And, and again, if you, you know, scratch the hood of even the, the modest decline in real retail sales, you can see that the reason why it was only a modest decline was because people ran down savings accounts and have actually really upped revolving debt, particularly credit cards. And that is not sustainable over the long term. And I think that, you know, with the stock market being so volatile, with prices rising so quickly um, and the fact that you know you can only stretch savings and credit cards so far that you know we probably will see a reduction in consumer spending at some point which will mean probably um, very weak economic growth just because we don't have a lot of other areas firing right now right and uh, you know of course uh, when you t- look at you know the revolving credits in credit card you also have to take into consideration that you know Two months ago or three months ago, the interest rates were not as high. I mean, we're looking at higher interest rates in you know, the upcoming months, and that's going to affect in consumer spending, even for those who are using credit cards. And they are going to accumulate debt a little bit uh, faster now Now that you know we have higher interest rates. So that is going to definitely have an impact on on um, you know, consumer spending. And, and the Federal Reserve, they're actually getting more and more realistic about it. I think even you know, Fed uh, Chair uh, Jerome Powell mentioned, well, it actually is kind of tough to uh, achieve soft lending. And uh, he also mentioned that um, there's a little bit more risk now compared to a few months ago, uh, but they're, they are uh, very determined in um, you know, keeping the inflation down. So at least that is one, um, credibility they're trying to build yeah totally and and you know the flip side of it is if you're looking for a silver lining right like one of the the kind of positives that may come out of this although it may be a painful process is that you know the the kind of um, inability to keep pace with inflation might motivate the the labor supply to start ticking back up right sure. if you 
if you're maxing out credit cards and you've depleted all your savings while you were living on, you know, mom's couch or whatever, um, you, you might have more of an incentive to get, get back into the labor force. And that's also been a big source of, of inflation. But, but what about kind of a little bit closer to home? Like, you know, we, we see that the builders also are kind of mirroring in some ways the, the pessimism that we saw just in the broader CEOs. Right. And, and home builders, they are similar to CEOs and they look out, you know, uh, instead of looking at the short term, like what happened in the next three months or so, they look out, you know, what happened, what will happen in the next 12 or 18 months or so. So their sentiment uh, suggests that they are uh, a little bit more pessimistic compared to some of the consumers right now, because they have to plan out for what hap- what's going to happen in the 18 months or so. And it looks like there are a few things that that, that suggest, like the uh, the sentiment, the home builder sentiment index uh, captured by uh, Wells Fargo. Uh, it actually fell two points from June, and it's actually you know the lowest level in in the last two years. So there have been that sentiment has been building up, not necessarily just because of you know what's going on with the economy, but you know the inflation. They actually feel it because. They have to have the raw material for building, as well as what you mentioned about labor costs in the construction industry. Yeah, and just availability of labor, right? Like it doesn't matter about the cost if you just simply can't find the people to do the the work, then that's a a challenge too. And I Mm -hmm. think that, you know, it it probably means more headwinds for new construction here in California because we're grappling with all of the cost issues. We're grappling with the labor supply issues. And I think there's a lot of uncertainty about the market over the next two years that that means we probably um, may reverse course when it comes to new construction here in California in general. So I think if we tried to put it all together, you know, there, there is a lot of, of, you know, here and now data, whether mm-hmm. it's the jobs data, the retail data, that's still holding up relatively well. But when you start to like, look at the forward looking um, metrics, whether it's consumer CEO confidence, home builder sentiment, mortgage applications, um, where the Fed thinks rates need to go, that there's a lot of, um, you know, that we have our work cut out for us, I guess, is is the best way to put it. What is, is the good news from, from a kind of buyer standpoint, do you think, out there with all of this news? Because even though prices are, are high and interest rates are high, in some ways, buyers actually have more chance to get into a home today than they've had in a while, too, right? Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the market competitive indicators, now, if you look at things like, you know, how, how long a, a property is in the market, you know, how many uh, properties people can actually take a look at for buyers to take a look at, you know, all those competitive measures probably will start slowing down in the upcoming months, not only because of the season kind of slowing to, you know, the home buying season kind of slowing uh, to, uh, as it move into September, August or September, but the fact that, you know, higher cost, it does affect, uh, you know, the, uh, some of the, the demand, but at the same time, supply is actually popping up a little bit more. So buyers who are interested in ha- and are actually financially capable of doing so, they will have more choices. They will have a chance to buy a home uh, and, you know, that the, they are going to continue to, you know, look and hopefully I'll be able to find a, a home that they, they like. Yeah. At the same time, um, I think um, uh, the other indicators are, you know, we probably will be, will not be seeing as many, as, as many overbidding as what we saw, you know, a few right. months ago. Yeah. So we might be seeing some prices leveling off. Um, the good news is, yes, we might be seeing prices kind of uh, slowing down from the peak, which will be probably, probably either May or June, 
But compared to a year ago, we still think that it's going to have a moderate, you know, increase compared to a year ago because of, right. you know, how, uh, how much demand and how much supply we have. Totally. And so, you know, on the, on the one hand, prices are, are high and interest rates have gone up. But on the other hand, you have more options to choose from. They're not selling quite as long. You don't have as many other buyers out there uh, to compete against. And actually rates are poised to go even higher than they are now, meaning that if you buy sooner than later, um, that's potential savings over, over the long run. What about the sell side? Is it completely falling apart for sellers? It's still a pretty good time to put your home on the MLS, right? I mean, I think, you know, at least in the short term, we are going to see, you know, more, uh, as I mentioned, your know, home prices are, are, are continue to stay at a high level uh, right. record, record price. So we're seeing, you know, uh, sellers wanting to put their properties on the market, wanting to, you know, uh, and that's why we are seeing a surge. In the next couple of months or so, it's still the home buying season. People are still going to put the house up in the market. Now, um, it. It's sellers are going to require a lot more uh, expertise from our members, from realtors to price the uh, the property right. Um, so our members are going to use their knowledge in the local areas and, you know, provide, you know, the uh, expertise to their to sellers. Uh, does the market, as I mentioned, it is still uh, it's going still going to be tight in supply for yeah. a little longer. Um and part of the reason is that lock-in effect. I think uh, the lock-in effect of interest rates probably yeah. will continue to keep, you know, prices at a decent level. Right. And and kind of keeping folks from wanting to sell if you're sitting on your sweetheart 2.65 <laughs> right, um, 30-year fixed rate mortgage. But at the end of the day, you know, homes are still selling relatively quickly. It's still, you know, fairly competitive out there. And, and there's not a lot of discounting to speak of yet. And so even as there's slightly less demand and a lot more options for buyers, there's also, you know, still a lot of favorable data out there suggesting it's a, a good time to sell. Of course, we're going to keep you updated on all of this stuff as time progresses, both in terms mm -hmm. of the macro economy and also how that's impacting us in housing in general and housing here in, in California. So we'll make sure to, to keep you updated on a, on a timely basis. Did we forget anything else, Oscar? I think we covered, you know, uh, most of everything that we have on hand. Of course, this might not be the most optimistic podcast, but at least we, you know, be our, we are very realistic and give you, you know, the, uh, uh, give you a sense of what's going on. And yeah. hopefully, you know, uh, when we move forward in the next couple of months or so, things are going to look a little bit better. Right. And, you know, it's always a great time to buy and sell depending on your your perspective. And I think, you know, that's why I tried to wrap up on a relatively positive note. So we still remain uh, fairly optimistic. The economy is still holding up well in the face of all of these challenges. Uh -huh, Just uh -huh. keep your nose to the grindstone. Don't take it for granted. Lean on the data because that's a great way to... Uh, you know, overcome kind of objections and just to help folks navigate in the midst of all this kind of chaotic environment is the, the hard data never lies. So thank you all so much for listening. Oscar, thank you for joining me on episode 97. And thank uh, you. We'll, we'll see y'all on the next one. See ya.